saddest <laughs> sung pop I've ever had to do. Hey, hello. Hi. Hello. Hey. And welcome back to another episode of Theater, theater Thoughts. Thoughts. I'm Ty Atherton. And I'm Kira Sweeney. And we're two former theater kids now turned forever theater adults. Whether we like it or not. Listen, it's not terminal. But it is a condition, if you should call it one, that we do live with, in fact, with. Every day. Every day. <laughs> and hey, we're talking about all things theater, education, and the performing arts. arts. So let's get into some theater, theater thoughts. thoughts. I just want to put a um, PSA out there that my brain is running at maybe 45% capacity right now. Yeah. I had a day today where I was like, I'm trying to do too much. Yeah. I was like fully self-aware of like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little overextended. So we're in show weeks, basically. Yes, you're a week ahead of me, so happy almost opening. Happy thank opening you. today when the episode yes, comes out. Thank you so much. Um, you're in a it. different state today. Yes, I will be in a different state. I mean, I'll yes. be popping and dropping with the Sweeney clan, <laughs> so it'll be fun. At the WED. Yes. I love we were at a rehearsal for the show that we are in, and our director was fully like, well, Kira has a wedding every single week. I do have and a And we were like, wedding. basically. Yeah, so it's okay. Yeah, we're in a show. We're we'll, in a show together. We'll get to talk about that, I'm yeah. sure, more as we get closer to it. But we Absolutely. just started the rehearsal process. Um, it was kind I, of a whirlwind to be thrown back into being like a actor. Yeah, to be a, in the student kind right. of shoes again. It was again. very weird. Yeah, where I was like, oh. Oh my gosh, I haven't done like right. a choral music rehearsal since I was in like high school, I don't think. Like, right? Like like right. I've been around them obviously, but I haven't been an active participant in them in Well, in singing years. and warming up, I was like when I hear Colin do these warm-ups, normally I'm not singing. So like I started by like not singing. And I was like, "Wait, I need to sing and warm up. Like this is for me." <laughs> oh my and god, this is for I said, me. Okay. <laughs> so, it's a cool thing. Yeah. I'm so excited to talk about it. Yeah, so we- It'll more to come. We're yeah, like you said, we're still at the very beginning. So absolutely, yeah. Well, so today we don't have a script. No, and that's purposeful. Yes, we are going full method on this one because today we are talking about improvisation. Improv. Whose line is it anyway? Yeah, it doesn't matter where is the it, points are made yours? up. I have never had a <laughs> where line. the points are made up. And the, oh gosh. The points are made up. No, we're. Something doesn't matter. Yeah. Write in and let us know what that phrase is. I don't know. Shout out to Drew Carey. Right. God, he's a real one. We love him. Um, Today we're talking about improv, okay? Yes. Um, Improvisation in the theater world is uh, uh, huge, right? We um, not only have uh, the actual art form of improvisation, which is. Situations that are made up, there are improv clubs all over. Second City um, Improv, SNL has a lot of improvisational moments, and it's thinking on the fly, coming up with situations on your own that end up being the story, right? There's Things are being tossed to you in the moment, and you have to just make up the story as it comes. Yeah, I the thing that I always, when I introduce it to kids, I'm like, it's something that you're very familiar with. Right. It's this idea of like, yeah, you improv every day. Or if you ever are like messing around with your friends and I know like we have a lot of bits that we do. Um, it's just like a random thing that 
and probably because it's a household of two theater teachers right. and someone else who will totally go along with the bit. Right. But we like improv just like randomly all the time where it'll be like, oh, I'm going to throw out this character, this line, and then we'll just like riff on it. And we have a grand old time so, just like making each other laugh. Bringing this up is uh, specifically in the summer where we have a little bit more time, which time having time is something you and I don't do. <laughs> but um, we are Saturday mornings. You know, the three of us, us plus Nolan, who we've talked about on the pod before, um, will sit there. We'll play like instrumental beats yes. and we'll like improv raps about something. Yeah. Or um, we'll, I think there was a couple of times where we like it, tried to improv monologues. <laughs> I remember this. Yes. I, have a, I have a memory about this, about being like, so here's the scenario. Here's your character monologue. Absolutely. And it was so entertaining. Right. Right. Improv is kind of the most fun. Uh, the stakes are both low and high for students. Absolutely. Well, and I always like to introduce it very early on because it's the quickest way to get more experience with yes. performing, right? Because you don't have to do all the rehearsal time. It's just perform, 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 perform. And so through that experience, you'll get better at all the other stuff because you're right. just being thrown into it. I so, have to create a character. Right. I have to, you know, be able to adjust to the setting or whatever else I'm, I'm given by my partner and... Yeah, it's it's the best practical experience I think you can give kids. So let's move to this corner of the pod, yeah. which I'm calling Teacher Talk. Absolutely. Okay? And let's talk day one of improv. Yes. How do you set your 50-minute period for introduction to improv? Yeah. Go. Um, I always ask them first for like their journal question. What do you know about improv? Right. And if it's like, I kind of know what it is, great. If it's, I know nothing, also great. Um, I always get a couple of yes ands thrown out right. there. And I'm like, yes, you're on the right track. Absolutely. Um, but I think really just exposing them to it right yes. off the bat is the best thing you can do. So like, let's briefly talk about this. You guys are familiar with the idea of acting without a script, of, of coming up with things off the top of your head. Yes. Like you said, we do it every single day. Yes. Um, but now it's just in the more theatrical sense. So first familiarizing them with that idea. And then I always play um, a little circle improv game called What Are You Doing? Great first um, game. Explain it. So basically, you have one person start in action. So like, let's say, for example, my action was going to be that I was doing jumping jacks. Right. And then the person next to me would turn to me and say, what are you doing? And the person doing the action would have to respond with a active thing it could be you know again another more like specific action like i am running or maybe it's i am walking my dog right or you could even get more creative than that where i've had kids like be like i'm giving an elephant a sponge bath right. and like so it's, it's as big and wild as you want it to be but then whatever suggestion you throw out as what you were doing is then what the other person has to do and you go around the circle and sometimes you get kids who are like very easy and they'll just like you know i'm clapping my hands or you'll get the random ones but it's a great like low risk way to introduce them to that idea of being like you are being given something and you gotta roll with it absolutely you gotta do it yes um so that's what i always start with and then i usually uh the first game i teach is freeze Okay. Um, and freeze How does that work is for the a listeners at home? usually two to three person game I, if you get past that, it gets a little muddy. Um, right. But basically, you have two people um, come out into the playing space, and I always ask for a suggestion of a physical position, pose, and or action that uh, 
the both actors respectively could perform and then you have them assume that pose or position and then based on how their bodies are positioned they have to come up with a scene and then the biggest thing is is you let the scene play out for a little bit and then anyone in the audience can yell freeze and when they freeze then you have to freeze in whatever new pose you're in they um the person who said freeze come in tags a person out and then assumes the physical position they were in and then starts a whole new scene right yeah again another one where they're just kind of thrown right into it the rules are very loose um because it's mostly like using what i'm doing physically to kind of create that idea um but it's i've always am so surprised with how quickly they're able to pick that one up right off the bat before i do any of like the front loading of like let's talk about rules let's talk about you know other big ideas and i usually only give them two huge rules before i give them like actual like improv rules right um i first talk about like uh it being like first appropriate thought best appropriate thought nice. um oh gosh what's the acronym we've been using i forget uh first appropriate thought uh bat, bat. something like that Word. um and then the other thing i do is i will let you like the world is your oyster except right. for we are not going to stereotype and we're not going to make fun of you know other people and or their abilities or disabilities right. that is the one thing that i will not let them touch everything else free game i love that yeah that's so. great um mine is a lot more low stakes you're an improv queen you've been <laughs> teaching improv in a really structured way for yeah. a while and yeah and mine is always i've done it as like the end of the semester it's a unit every day and i took on your approach and kind of started it from the beginning but i went with a lot like smaller stakes so this year i started with a game where they're in partners and they're just counting one two three one two three back and forth then i say okay whoever is person a like number one like you make a sound and an action instead of saying one so it's like pow two three pow two three and the other person has to adapt that whenever they say the number one and then i say okay number two so then you're creating this like whatever comes to your head just like that sound in action and you're passing it back and forth creating that like relationship on stage of just whatever comes up creating really the first rule which is yes right of agreeing whatever comes up and just rolling with it so Mm -hmm. we start with that and then um i created these little slips that have sentences that's like um would you care to explain why you got a d on your homework or but mom all the other kids are going right um and so i have them sit in a circle and someone comes to the middle grabs a slip walks up to someone says it and that person in one sentence has to respond Mm. right so mom all the other kids are going and you know then the person will respond and say but i'm afraid of roller coasters and i don't want you to go and i'm like great you had an original thought that matched what that person was saying and we really talk about agreeing and i teach the rules right the yes and right off the bat mm-hmm. of agree with something that's going on and then add to it and mm-hmm. and that's where i also kind of uh i really emphasize the idea that like truly outside of the confines of like the game or the activities structure and rules there are no rules to this and you just get to come up with whatever you're thinking about mm-hmm. and that really allows them to just you know come up with creativity and then in their journal questions as we move along i'm like come up with three characters or three situations in which you could use in improv because i talk about that rolodex of having that catalog of things in your head that you could do on the fly and so then my first real game is bus stop and that's right along the same time when i'm teaching objective for other stuff of you have an objective 
The other person has an, has an objective, right? Person A is sitting at a bus stop. Person B is trying to take that person's spot and is going to try in any you know way possible. And so we talk about different tactics. Mm-hmm. If you walk up there and you're angry and they're not budging, okay, time you to change the tactic. Else. Okay, are you you know? And that's where we talk about verbs. Are you trying to flirt with them? Are you trying to scare them? Are you trying to um, sadden them? Right. These are different tactics tactics that they can use. And then we move into the freeze. Um, when I teach pantomime, that's when we jump into more. What are you doing? I try to really bring it along with all of my other curriculum that I'm teaching along the 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 same time. But it yeah, really allows so those smart. kids to get comfortable with each other first, right? These easy games that require no stakes. You're with one other person coming up with a sound. Okay, great. Now you're just responding in one sentence. And now we use those sentence responders as, okay, now you have to come up with a dialogue. It's person A says the thing that's on the paper. Person B responds. A has to have a rebuttal and B, and now you have a story that you're creating. You've created characters, you've created objectives for each other, and now you're able to move on there. And that's when we get into a lot more games, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And that structures, I think that structure, at least for my kids this year, has been really beneficial because they're allowed to know like, okay, I know I need to do this. I need to agree and I need to add something. You know, and I've played even explicitly the game Yes And, where they're in pairs and person A says something and the next thing has to say yes and and this. And then Mm -hmm. the other person responds with yes and this to really include the idea that the story can move along, but it has to be a collaboration. Mm -hmm. Um, And then throughout these first couple weeks of doing improv, I also... uh, YouTube has a great playlist of clean whose line is it anyway? Because obviously we teach middle school and obviously whose line and improv, you know, professional improv can be as PG as you want or as R and <laughs> yeah. X-rated as you want. Yeah. Um. So showing them professionals and, yes. and, and pausing it and saying like, okay, what was beneficial about that scene? What did you see? What have we learned? You know, how did they follow the rules? How did this story yes. progress? And moving from yes. there. And I think that's really strong. I love using whose lies it is it anyway clips to to you know show this is what you're going to do. Let's talk about what they did successfully and now let's do it ourselves. Absolutely. Right. It's a great modeling tool. But also another one of my favorite videos that I use to teach improv is the doing. Michael Scott yes. improv scene from the office. Um, because I always do a pair kind of rule. Um, lesson where I talk about yes ending and I do a lot of the same things you were just talking about where it's like, yeah, we're quite literally going to give an option. We're going to, you know, give an offer and you're going to accept it and add on. Right. Right. By yes ending. Um, But then I usually show the Michael Scott clip and I say, yeah, you don't want to be a Michael Scott. Right. No one likes someone who comes into a scene and is one going to say no two going to have their own, you know, in prerogative and three (laughs) and three. Have a, gun. have a gun. Um, <laughs> no, actually, in three, um, going to totally negate everything that you've right. set up as a performer. That, as someone in a scene, would be my worst nightmare. Yeah, I completely um, agree. So it's they they like it. They think it's really funny, but it it totally serves the exact purpose you want it to be. You're like, yeah, you don't want to shut everything down. Where the person who you're working with is tr- trying so hard to establish all these different things to help you be successful right. in the scene. Why would you want to come in? guns blazing say no directly shut it down or worse totally ignore everything that they've already set up for you 
So yeah, it's yeah. always fun. But boom, Michael Scarn, right? They love it. They think it's hilarious, but it's a, such a great teaching tool and it, it makes for sense. talking yeah. about why we don't say no, why why yes ending, why accepting and adding is so important, and why that's going to help you be so successful. Yeah. Uh, so when we come back, we'll talk about some of that success and how you can apply it to actual performance, not only within class, but, you know, in a production, some of our experiences using improv on stage and how it's benefited us um, and how, if you're an educator listening, how you can help your students grow. If you're an actor, how you can use your skills of improv to really grow um, on stage and really be a strong team player and a strong collaborator and keep everything moving on. Um, And we'll, yes, and are live (laughs) down this path when we come back. Oh my god, my cat is on fire. Let me go grab some water. Oh my gosh, I have a fire extinguisher right here. Oh my gosh, that was so convenient. Oh my god, my cat's flying. Let I me... love that. Oh my gosh, your cat is flying. Wow, I'm going to fly too. Oh my god, you're flying. flying. We're back. <laughs> hey, we're talking about improv, coming up with stuff on the fly. Yeah. Okay, uh, before we move forward, other notable games that you like teaching and that your middle school students really respond to um party quirks oh easy it's a classic um great character game phenomenal yes. character game followed by um let's make a date which is basically like another version of party quirks set the scene for both of those games um, real quick party quirk. so they're bo- mostly like guessing games which right. is what they're great so you kind of have like a a person who is a normal participant for lack of a better right, way of putting it. the straight man character. Yes. Um, whether that's the host in Party Quirks or the bachelor or bachelorette in who's uh, in, uh, what is that game just called that I just said? Uh, let's, let's make, make a date. date. Jeez Louise. Um, that took me a while to get there. Um, so you have someone who you send out of the room and then you give identities to three to four actors um, for the scene that are going to be char- some type of character. Let's talk about some of our favorite characters that you help assign. Because my I, favorite is like slowly turning into something. So I always tell the kids, you can do all sorts of different characters. You could do like character stereotypes, like you're going to be a chef. Right. Or you're going to be a mom. Or you could do like more specific characters where you could do like you're Mickey Mouse or right. you're Jack Sparrow. Right. Or you could do characters that have more specific qualities or quirks about them and i think those are kind of the ones that you're talking about where you're slowly turning into a head of lettuce or you are um a bumblebee that is drunk off of honey or like i usually give those to more of my seasoned strong improvers because i know and something that we didn't touch on for improv i uh, you know i'm kind of backing out of this as we continue playing this game is when we're teaching movement on stage instead of two people just standing there talking right yes which in all of our scene work all that just move physical you can be the more entertaining and the more fun it's going to be for you especially when 
creating characters quickly. Right. Right. No one just wants to see you stand there and talk about it. The more you can physically embody who you are rather than using all of your verbal cues to tell them who you are. That's always where I get them on the party quirks and the let's make a date. I'm always like, so how just besides giving us little hints in what you're right. saying, how, how can are you, you show us? Yes. Um, I also love doing things like fish out of water and like other ridiculous right. stuff like that. Kids will go so the, far. The physical They'll comedy just go is so it. into it. And right. it's great. Um, so yeah, those, that's a game where you send them out of the room and then you bring them back and based off of the interactions they're having with them, either in a party setting or in a dating show setting, they try to guess the identities of the people right. around them. Fabulous character building games. I also came up with this thing. Um, I don't know if I've shared it with you. I made a wheel of improv characters. Word. And it's like a, yeah, a little it. online wheel that like if kids are getting stuck and they don't know what to do, you just click on it and it'll give you like, all that. sorts of ideas. I want it. Um, it's, really, it's really great when kids get stuck, but they'll come up with really creative stuff and i love what you were saying in the last segment about having them journal to like set them up for success that day right um and i've done that as well where you're like come up with five improv characters that you could use right today right like right now what are characters that you know you could easily have in your back pocket we talked um, about your go-to yeah, I was always a revert to the Southern. Like, I would come into the scene and be like, oh, my God, hey, y'all, how are we doing? Right. And I, that was my revert, too. I, I was pregnant, man. I just loved love being pregnant. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> um, I have to toot my own horn. Last year, I came up with an improv game Word. that I'm sure has been done, right? Theater can never really be created at this point yeah. in 2022. We have something. And so during um, my twisted fairy tale uh, unit, which kids are writing their own fairy or they're taking fairy tales and, and fracturing them, twisting them to create new stories, either mixing two together or taking a character out or adding the character or what if the plot ended a different way. And I'm doing it this week too, because we're in that unit. Um, we've done fairy tale court where we have a judge, a a uh, uh, defense lawyer, a prosecuting lawyer, and then fairy tale uh, characters, and then there's like three witnesses, and it's a long form game. It's this like a solid like ten. Literally, the one episode that they just had on RuPaul's Drag, Drag Race, which they yes. stole from Taja Call when he used yes. to do like the. I think fairy that's probably board. how I how I came, came up, up with, with it. That. But it's great. You have someone as the judge, which is well, the straight man host. Stories that they know. Great. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, we have, you know, the that's fantastic. The that ugly stepsister so and then Cinderella. And then you have three witnesses and the witnesses are just standing there until the defense lawyer, the prosecuting lawyer says, we're going to bring in Red Riding Hood, who was there that night who saw this going on. And then one of them walks up and sits down and is on the witness stand. And then each of them get to ask one question to the defense person and then make another statement. And then we bring in the next one. And then finally the judge gets to have fun and say like, okay, here's my ruling on it. I side with this person. It's long form, but it, it invites kind of a lot of people. There's like two, four, that five, like eight people like in. Sounds like so much fun. But the, the audience is really, you know, the audience becomes the jury and stuff like that. It's great. I have another game that I love. Have you ever played press conference? Mm-hmm. So I started last year yes. opening it up to the entire room. Love that. And it became so much fun. I remember there was one class where the entire, like, group of kids, without me, like, giving them this note, became characters in whatever. Work. I think it was Shrek. 
And they all started like grouping up as characters. And then they all started like screaming and chanting at one point. It was so long form. It was so fantastic. I literally was like, this is the best like entire group scene. Right. I think I've ever experienced. Um, Press conference basically is, it's kind of another uh, party quirks. Like guessing game. Yeah. yeah. Guessing game type uh, improv activity where you send the person out of the room and then you decide who they are and why they're having a press conference. So like, for example, Santa canceled, uh, Christmas and then they have to come in and they don't know who they are. You, you know, based off of the questions you're giving them and whatnot have to kind of inform them. Well, and those are some of my favorites Um, because like someone will raise their hand and be like, how could you? And they're up on stage and they're like, I did. And and then everyone laughs because they know the joke and it's like, you know, and I always get like, they killed someone. Right. That is like always a suggestion. Like, I'm like, come on, guys, we got to be more creative than right. this. We can't have Mickey killing Minnie every single time. We got to be more creative. Well, and <laughs> and our classes at the middle school level, like, there are times to really find like dramatic to do dramatic stuff. But a lot of our curriculum is comedy based because yes. that's how we get the kids interested in theater right there's nothing you know everyone likes comedy everyone likes to be funny everyone wants to be funny so to allow the entire group to kind of be in on this joke and then that other person be like i just made everyone laugh i don't know why i made everyone (laughs) laugh but i did it's really awesome it's a fantastic game well so we not only got to teach this right the reason why we love teaching improv is because we've been successful you know we talked about us doing bits and stuff here at home and Mm -hmm. and with friends and stuff like that but also growing up we were strong improvers yeah absolutely I, i wish i had more experience growing up um like i did a little bit of improv in middle and high school but it's something that like i feel like i could have gotten even better at had i gotten the opportunity to do it more um but that's why i do put so much value on it right because that was an experience that i was like i think i would have been such a quicker actor and such a better physical actor had i had more experience doing improv um i so. was lucky enough to be a part of a high school advanced troupe that put on improv shows styled like whose line is it anyway where you actually get up in front of an audience and do that right and that the stakes are low in class because it's class and you're learning the games and you're just kind of figuring it out but to be put on in front of an audience you really have to understand the games you have to understand what's going on and you really have to figure stuff out and i really enjoyed it because it really focused on you relying on your scene mates right Mm -hmm. to really be all like you don't want to fail i don't want to fail and that's the biggest thing about improv that's the thing i stress so much is improv is not about you baby no it is not about you when you make your other actor the other in the scene when you make your scene partners look good guess what you look fantastic too right right so yeah i think that's awesome that you recognize that where you were like this is teaching me to like put faith in the other person and because they're doing the same for me and right. we're going to be successful because of that. One thing that I always liked and my theater director in high school, um, I I knew he knew that I liked it. So, and, and my scene mates did too, is I love a callback where there's a joke that cracks at the beginning of the scene and then to end the scene, because you have to end the scene. And, and my director was really good at ending the scene at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing I really liked was that callback. And so my scene mates knew that like, okay, uh, the scene has been going on for five minutes. I know this is about to be wrapped up. 
and and I'm so thankful for these people because you know it, I would always set them up for jokes as well, but they knew that if they could set me up for a callback to something at the beginning of the scene, I could crack it. And that would be a great finisher where everyone's laughing. The game is over and all of that. So I loved doing that. Right. I, I remember so fondly in high school. Um, and, and we, we joke about some serious stuff sometimes, right? Nothing too major and inappropriate, right? You don't want to joke about any of that, but that was during the like Ebola crisis. Okay. And so I remember I, I had made a joke about Ebola earlier in the scene, I think we were playing um, fairy tale in halftime, which you yes. create a minute uh, long. You know, here's the story of Red Riding Hood in one minute. Now we're going to do it in 30 seconds. Now we're going to do this. And you change some of it. And I just remember being at the end. Um, and uh, instead of I played the um, the, uh, uh, the hatchet guy, the, the, the huntsman? huntsman, I played him. And at one point, someone had made a joke about a bowler or whatever. And so instead of killing the wolf, I went over, sneezed on him and I said, now you got Ebola and he fell to the ground and that was like the end of the scene. And it just, I, it was so, it was so magical to then hear that bell, to hear the audience laughing and to look at your teammates and you're like, we did good. Yes. We did good there. Yeah. That was amazing. That was great. Yeah. Did you guys do like the whole, like coming up with costumes? Oh, thing? we had like teams. So I remember. Yes. In... Cause I, I remember that was like the thing that I, thought was so fun about how Brianna was structuring these improv shows. I was like, you're not only making it entertaining for the audience, but you've got so much more buy-in from the kids because they're able to find like own little jokes and ways to entertain themselves as well as the audience by doing all that extra stuff. So it was like a group. There was probably like 18 people in our troupe. And so you were split into like teams of five or four or whatever. And then at the beginning of the year, you came up with like a team name. So I remember my junior year, um, our team name was Kern on the Cob. And we were like Hicks. And I remember going out and buying like hay bales to set up our little like area. Yes. And we would, like sit on hay bales. And then my senior year, we did um, uh, uh, Wildcats. And the four of us were high school musical. And so it was like the fall show. I was Ryan and, and another person was Sharpay. And then the second show of the year, I dressed as Sharpay and she was Ryan. And it was just like, it, it, it gave you more stake in like, this is our troop. Like the yes. four of us are going to play games together. We're going to have a great time and it's going to be really awesome. Yeah. And, and, and our kids, you know, see the fun in working with certain people, you know, when I have them get into groups and say, okay, you guys are going to play this game here in just a second. And you guys are going to play this game here in just a second. You can see them all looking and being like, okay, we're going to do this. And we're going to do this. And I, and you know, you don't want to stress that planning, but you want to be like, okay, me and you, whatever this is, like, we're going to have a good time with it. Yeah. And it's really fun. Yeah. And it, it moves into the stage as well for like productions this these skills of improv oh and in tv uh, in oh absolutely yeah to just say okay you know the number of times i've said you know if a blackout doesn't happen or or a character doesn't come on stage it's like okay ad lib mm-hmm. improv yeah. what's happening you know today i during a, one of my final dress rehearsals we had a kid the, the there was a mic change that wasn't going on and he was a reporter and he goes have you guys been sitting out here for three months too? And I was like, that was great. You like <laughs> cracked a joke. It was awesome. And it kept this, the energy of the scene going yeah, and so just like just standing die around waiting. And we know looking. something's supposed to be happening. Right. right. You don't, yeah, you don't want that. I always tell the, to tell the kids like, yeah, if something goes wrong, 
we get it, but also like we don't want you to just act like you're helpless and you don't know what's going on. Right. You're smarter than that. Yeah. Improv. Make make fill that time. We'll figure it out. Right. Yeah. Let's keep talking about this um when we come back and talk about some of our fondest memories of being on stage and coming up with stuff on the fly or seeing something come up on the fly. Um, and then real life application to improv. How can you use improv in any other industry besides theater? Um, in life, in in storytelling, in creating charisma, mm -hmm. you know, within yourself, because I think it's incredibly valuable. We'll be right back. God, Timothy, the cow's all out of milk. Mama, there's a cow right here. Where? Up in the air. The cow is flying. Why is everything flying nowadays? First the cat, now the cow. Let me turn on the gravity machine right here. Oh my gosh, Timothy, you're a genius. I got you, baby. <laughs> Are you my mom? Are you my boyfriend? I don't, I don't know. know. It's improv. I thought I was your mom, but... You know, anything is possible. It's improv. It's improv. <laughs> We're back talking about improv, thinking on the fly. It's a great, it's a great concept. Yeah, I I am a slut for improv. I am too. I am a thought for improv. Um, and I don't know, maybe it's because I've had positive experience with it. Um, but it's it's a, just something that brings me so much joy. Like, how could you not have so much fun being so stupid and so silly and just coming up with all of these ridiculous things right off the top of your noggin? There are those like, times, though, when I'm on stage and I'm like, oh, my God, what do I say? What do I say? Yeah. And I really think I, you know, it's this idea of practice what you preach. Yes. Where... I'm the type of person that's like, what can I say that is funny? funny. And it's like, yeah. no, you just need to just go along yeah, with it. Yeah, just go until, and you'll get in the rhythm of it. Right. Yeah, fully. I, I feel that so hard. On fire and up in the air, <laughs> such a normal thing for me. Oh, my God. Right. It's on fire. Look over there. Look over there. <laughs> Shout out to Miss Jada Essence Hall. This is a Jada Essence Hall stand podcast <laughs> right now. Um. Uh, okay. When you do improv before we went to break yes. we were talking about using improv in production yes. when things go wrong if you think all the way back to what episode three we were talking about fails and mishaps I on think stage I talked about the one where the where the gun broke when Great. i was in yes. get your gun. tell that story because it, it's super important and now we can look at it through the eyes of improv and, and what a strong improv well, was. I was only a freshman in high school and it was like one of those things where like I had always heard directors say like if something goes wrong improv if something goes wrong right. improv um, but I had never actually had to do that right. and I was so thankful that I wasn't like the one who was kind of put on pressure I just happened right. to be more of like a participant in the act the improv um, action that had to part that had to um not partake. Why was I going to say that? Unfold. That had to unfold because of the prop malfunction. 
And um, so basically, we had all these like really cool gun props. I was in Annie, get your gun. And the girl who's playing Annie was using one of them. And all of a sudden, we're in like one of the big shoot off scenes. And it just breaks. And she just like breaks down and is like, oh my God, Betsy, no. And she's like handing me all these like pieces of the gun. And so we're kind of just like improving. And she's just like rattling on about how much the gun meant to her and like all this stuff. And then the guy who played Frank finally is like, well, hey, here, use my gun. We'll just pass it back and forth and so they were able to get through the entire scene i mean it had it was they had to change blocking and a couple of things obviously because they had to pass one gun but it's back smart and forth. actors but we never stopped the scene it was never like oh my god this prop broke can we do something about this it was a the prop broke that was my favorite gun i'm so much in distress and then the scene just flowed from there it was fantastic well and that's the important thing about using improv in production Mm -hmm. production is not improv there is a script there is a point a to b to get you to where you need to go next so then the improv challenge says how can you move to get to that point where the next the song cue is or the action happens so the blackout can happen or a character can enter or exit or whatever it is and so you know your path to get there and you can it is the, the challenge, the, the phrase in your head is, what can I say to get us there in the way that we need to get there? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any stories kind of like that? Because I, I have another use of improv in a show, but I want to Well, the one that first. sticks out to me was in uh, my production when I was in high school, um, the production of um, Shrek. Uh, you know uh, the scene where Fiona meets Farquaad for the first time. He comes in on the carousel horse and he has his legs attached to it, right? One yes. of the legs fell off. Like just the, one of the legs just fell <laughs> off so the he horse. Had a leg. So it, it, he fully went, oh my God. And like, I remember one of the, one of his like henchmen, henchmen yeah. literally just screamed, medic medic and i grabbed the leg and ran off and he base it was right when she was leaving he or right when they were leaving and he was like fiona no time to talk we've got to get to the yield doctor and like rode off <laughs> and it worked out perfect right and i mean it's kind of the bit where there are times where the audience doesn't notice no. mm-hmm. the improv or like that was a clear indication to the audience that like something went wrong, but it's about how you, you play it, it off mm-hmm. that that way the audience did it was like, that was such a funny bit. And then the story is able to progress because yeah. that bit is not what the story is supposed to be about. Yes. It's can you continue to move on? Yes. Um, so another, I think fun way, and you have to be really careful with this, um, but improv can be another great way to like keep things fresh in a show. Um, I have a couple of examples and they're very small things. It's like super small things that I improv or I know another person did in a show, just like a tiny little thing you can do for yourself to keep it interesting. Um, when I was in musical comedy murders, my senior year, there's like a scene where, uh, the police come in and like everyone, they're like, everybody put your hands up. And everyone's like standing there with their hands up. And I was standing like by the piano and my character was like this drunk lady. So I had a drink on the, on the piano. So I like fling my hands up and they start doing the scene and we're all supposed to still be with our hands up. But I start slowly lowering myself down (laughs) to the drink and grab it with my teeth, tip it back all with my hands up, slam it back down on the piano and still keep my hands up. And I remember after the show, um, Mr. Wright was like, Kira, that was hilarious. Yeah. That was so funny. 
do it again tomorrow. Um, but I was just like, a, in a moment, I was like one of those things where I was like, oh my gosh, this is like this fun little opportunity I have. Why not? It's not taking anything too much away no, from the people. It's just something that adds it a little just, bit more. Yeah, it was in the moment I was like, you know what, I'm just going to improv this a little bit. Another thing I know, because uh, I talked to her that it was improv in Moon Over it. Buffalo. Yes, I, was just about um, I was, we went and saw a production at um, my old high school a couple weekends ago funny little farce really entertaining um but again that classic like people are coming in and out people right. are walking in on at, at inopportune moments um and there's this one part in the script where these two characters basically start stripping and like go behind a couch and then this old lady character came out and i was rolling because the girl playing the she's old like lady, a seamstress yeah she had like a little yeah like uh like a little tape measure tape yeah measure and she like held it up and was like and like like went to the <laughs> to the inches i was dying right. and i was like that bit was so funny and she goes yeah i improved that yesterday and we decided to keep it right and those are some of the best moments where you do something and then your director or whoever is like keep doing that yeah right versus there are some moments i think of and we've talked about this many a time on the podcast in the bar scene of school of rock where all the children <laughs> who played bar goers just started taking shots and, and i it's was like, like well, yes, that happens in a bar, not when you're 12. Right. You've got to be really mindful of <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, you've it's got to be an opportune time, right? Like I said, you've got to have that comfortability. You've got to know the character, you've got to know the situation. You've got to know the the show well enough to say, is this a good moment for me to do something that's not going to take away right, you don't from, want to pull focus. From yeah, you don't want yeah. to be pulling a focus, you know. You but you do want to be funny. But right. so it's, it's that balance of yeah, finding those moments that you can have a little bit of improv and a little bit of fun, but also um, sometimes those risks are going to pay off and sometimes your director is going to be like, oh my God, that was amazing. Sometimes your director is going to be like, please do not ever do that again. Right. Yeah. Um, the big question. I mean, we get to live, I was just talking about to Nolan today about the fact that like all of this stuff is really fun and organic and we get to do it in this theatrical sense. But these kids that learn improv, right? Only 10% of them is going to continue moving on to theater. So what does improv, what is your purpose in teaching improv for like real world application? In your thinking. Head? Yeah. I, I really, like I said, I think the reason why I am such a firm believer in it is because that is something that I, with more time and experience I feel like I've gotten better at but it's something that I just was like I wish as someone who was very much interested in the theater but really just in communication in general you know those quick thinking skills those being able to you know take a situation to read the room and say right. like hey it's okay for me to say this or it's okay for me to do this um and it you know I I can I can uh react to the situation in this way i'm able to improv in that moment with yeah you improv every day right but it's it's really just i think good for for awareness for conversation yes. for like just being being a person and interacting with people i think improv is a great way to teach and build on that i completely agree yeah social interaction i one for me it's maybe funnier uh, right. Right. Um, when I find that moment where I'm like, this is where I crack the joke. Like, yes. this is what I say it. And, you know, and that's a really good time. But what I also think I fully have adopted yes and into my conversations that have nothing to do with theater because mm -hmm. it's a it's a great way to say, like, I hear you. Mm -hmm. I hear what you're saying. Let's 
let me validate that and also add my opinion to it. So I will constantly be like, yes. And here's also what I was thinking. It's a great way to show that you're listening. It's a great way to show that you're understanding what someone is saying um, and allowing yourself to collaborate with them at, at a deeper level. I mean, we've talked about that theater as a whole is a huge collaboration, um, is collaboration focused and collaboration centered. But I think improv does a great way of saying like, let me take what you're bringing to the table if we're working on a project, if we're working on achieving something, getting something done. Yes, I hear you. And here is my own opinion. So that way we are working together. So I use it commonly. Oh, I think yes anding is a fantastic philosophy for life. Right. Yeah. Accept whatever you're being given and add on. Right. And whether that's a, a good thing or a bad thing, you know, I think like you were just saying, it's a great conversation yes. starter to either say, you know, yes, and here's this awesome thing that I get to say, or yes, and maybe we need to work on this or whatever. Um, I think it's yeah, it, same with like not saying no. Right. Right. Again, uh, obviously there are times in life where you have to say no, but that idea of of not just completely shutting things down, yes. right? Not coming into a conversation, not coming into a situation and just shutting it all down because you're not um, comfortable with what's going on around you. But yeah, really that idea of you know coming in, yes, and I'm open to whatever it right. is that's going on, and and we're gonna get through this together Absolutely. because yeah, we're able to collaborate, we're able to. To, to move forward with that that idea yes and i'm ending this episode <laughs> hey i had a fantastic time talking yeah. about improv um I, if you would like to share some of your most fond improv experiences uh educators that want to share games or want want us to talk about games um we can absolutely do that the, the best way to contact us is to dm us um on our uh, podcast Instagram at theater podcast T H E A T R E the thing, not the place podcast. And you know, let us know your thoughts and feelings. Speaking of thoughts and feelings, Kira, would you like to add anything about the coming episode? Yes, we are actually nearing the end of the season, believe oh! it or not. Season one almost wrapped, which is so exciting. Um, but we are hoping to do some kind of QA at the end of this season so in the next coming weeks uh we were hoping that people would send us some questions you can either dm us on our instagram like we just said um you could even reach out to tire i personally if you know us um, but we would really love to hear what you guys want to hear about in that you know kind of final wrap-up episode that we are hoping to to put together right summing up any of the topics that we've talked about over the yeah. first season adding on to some of those things that we missed Absolutely. talking about certain things that we felt in certain situations um and kind of collaborating with you our yeah. listeners thoughts from um, thoughts as we is that what we should call it thoughts from thoughts, thoughts, from thoughts. um and kind of wrapping that up so feel free to message us at theater podcast um reaching out to us personally and yeah. in the shortcoming weeks we will be wrapping up on the first season of Theater Thoughts. What Yay! an incredible experience. Oh hey, thank you so much for listening. We cannot wait um, for you to listen again. Make sure to like, subscribe, follow, leave a review, letting us know how this uh, yes andification uh, <laughs> of improv was. Um, and we will be back next time for another uh, improvisational, hilarious, supersonic, Ooh. episode of Theater, Theater Thoughts. Thoughts. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.